Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the We Believe Do You Paranormal Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Michelle. And we've got some stories of high strangeness for you. Thank you, Reddit. <laughs> Remember, guys, send in those stories. If you don't want to be, or unless you want to be on the show, then we will gladly sit down with you and, and record an episode. But uh, if it's something kind of short and sweet to the point, then feel free to, to send those in. Or if you know anybody who has had an experience and you want to retell their story or have them reach out, either way, send in your stories, please. Just be like, hey, there's this podcast I listen to. Can I tell your story? And if they say no, we'll keep it anonymous. Yeah. Is that, that legal? Too. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, should, let's see, you said you had three stories. I mean, technically I have three stories. So I'm going to go with this one on Reddit by the user insane writer title is I work at a haunted bookstore and I can never forget. Mm. It's been two years since I worked at a bookstore that was haunted. And I've been thinking a lot lately about the spirit I saw twice. The first time I saw him, I thought I was, uh, I thought it was a customer trying to get my attention. He was a few feet away from me, and I saw him out of the corner of my eye, waving at me. I turned to him and froze. He was an old man with frizzy white hair and black holes for eyes. He was smiling. I stared at him for a solid five seconds while he continued to wave at me before he faded away from his feet up. Mm. That happens. Suddenly, everything made sense. Uh, No, actually. Um... I just saw a haunted bookstore. I was like, oh, this sounds like fun. That's funny. Uh, And then once I read it, I was like, yeah. That tracks. Yeah. Suddenly everything made sense. All of the times we'd feel like we were being watched. How none of us. Actually, I also got this one because it reminded me of an experience that you told me uh, that you and Sasha had. Oh. All the times we'd feel like we were being watched. How none of us wanted to be anywhere alone after close. Because of an unexplainable eerie feeling, all the things that would disappear, all the books that would be relocated during the night, everything suddenly made sense. I asked the manager about it because she'd been there forever. I asked if she thought this place was haunted and she immediately said, did you see him? From there, I learned that a few employees had seen this ghost over the years and most of most people had had an experience of some sort. I saw him again about two months before I quit. That time he had red eyes. It was a spooky mm. place, and I'll never forget watching books fly off the shelves late one night, or feeling my name tag being yanked from my from around my neck. Despite these encounters, that was still the best job I've ever had. And then she says the name of the bookstore, but I don't think I want to say it. Yeah, she just says that she names the name of the bookstore, and she says that she moved away, uh, and she hasn't been back, but she definitely returns to. She plans to return someday, or he. I don't know. I wonder if I'm getting she vibes, but I think it could be a he. Could be a he. I uh, the the mention of the red eyes, like I feel like like red eyes, yellow eyes, like white eyes. You know, people see these entities that are all black, and then it's like just the eyes or shadows, and just the eyes. And I almost wonder if they're if that's significant, like the color of their eyes. Yeah, I mean, I I was th- I th- I was like curious about that too because. Um, like I've actually never seen the eyes of the people that I've seen because like Mm -hmm. most of the times that I've seen them, like they've been like completely shadowed out. So almost like silhouettes, um, like you can see them, 
but you don't see details in their face. Mm-hmm. So like I can see like the silhouette of her hair, like like this the old lady that I saw that one time at my patient's house could see the silhouette of the of the hair, how she had it tied up, like her stature, like the shape of a body and stuff like that. But I've never been able to like fully see, like in person anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that reminds me of how Sasha was like when Sasha and I had the experience here in the house, and we we're like describing like the two like women in particular that we had seen. And I was like, oh, like, what details do you see? And, and like, she just kept saying, like, they're just silhouettes, like, almost like they're backlit. So, you, mm-hmm. like, she couldn't see details. Like, I was seeing hair color and height and stuff like that. And she's like, but, I just see, huh? But, but were you seeing them, like, in your in your head or, like, in your on mind's eye? Yeah. Or were you – okay, yeah. so – but so, so that's different because uh, I've okay. had instances where, like, I can imagine what I'm seeing or, like, I, I in, in my head I know what I'm seeing. But I don't see it in front of me. Mm-hmm. You, you, does that make sense? Well, I guess like, that would be a Sasha question because it's did Sasha see them in her mind's eye? Because mm-hmm. she was seeing them the way that they like you described, you know, uh, kind of it just being a silhouette. Yeah. So I don't know if she was actually seeing them with her eyes or if she was seeing them like in her mind's eye. Yeah. Me, oh, well, asking, me seeing yeah. detail, me seeing details like that was in my mind's eye. Yeah. But I'm I'm specifically referring to how she saw them. Of mm-hmm. that silhouette where she couldn't see details, but she could see a silhouette. Yeah, because like like I said, when I've seen details, like when we were describing Jay one to like that very first time we ever talked about him uh-huh. and everything, like what I was describing to you was what I saw in my head, like what I imagined he looked like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then both the times that I've physically seen them standing in front of me, for the most part, it's been silhouettes. And if I ever do see them, like if they are standing there, like the, the time that I saw the man in, at dad's house and the time I saw somebody, the man standing uh, or a man standing at my my mother-in-law's house, who, who I assume was her father, I've always started seeing them from the top and I'm looking and I'm seeing what they're wearing and it looks like they're standing there. But as soon as I get close to their head, uh, they disappear. I don't get to see their faces. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the only reason I was, you know, I was asking what I asked because like, I've seen detail, but not in like, not in front of me. Like it's always in my head. Like whenever I, yeah, whenever I've seen them in person, like the furthest I've gotten is like to the, maybe the midsection or the chest. And then they, they go away. And if I've seen them completely like a full body, they've been shadows, I don't know. I mean, that, and that's another thing of like, I wonder if there's something to that. Like why some show themselves as shadows versus full body apparitions. But then also, I think you've, if we haven't talked about it, or like we know that theory of if uh, an apparition can't, like you don't, like it cuts off at the legs, basically, it's because they're like a newer spirit and they can't fully form or they're still... Did right? Have we like talked about that? Or have we heard that before? Or something? I don't know if we've talked about it on here. Maybe I know you and I have talked about it. Oh, okay, but I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast. Okay. We may have, but, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But you know, like what I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so mine. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a little long, so I will try my best to say it very quickly. Um. This one is by JJ underscore Miller, one, two, three, four. It's a real Ouija board experience brought 27 spirits into my house. Sounds like my house with that mirror, (laughs) which I still have not gotten rid of. 
Yeah. Um, I don't want to get rid of the desk. I th- I really think I'm just going to try and yank out the mirror and then like replace it with something else. Maybe a new mirror, maybe just something else, you know? But then it's like, what do I do with the mirror? Do I like break it? Is that bad luck? Do I put a sigil on it to like keep anything in there? And then do I bury it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what do I do? He prefaces prefaces it by saying, I wrote this article last year when my university was asking for real experiences or encounters with ghosts. It's long, but worth a read. Trust me. I will never again touch a Ouija board. This is all real. So if we were to have him on the show, we're not going to have him on the show because I know that's going to be one vote for no Ouija board and we don't want that. Okay, so uh, he says, in 2017, five of my friends and I moved into our new house to find we weren't the only ones living there. We'd been looking forward to moving in for almost a year. Second year meant no more cafeteria food, dons, dons, dorms, maybe he meant to say? No, maybe. Okay, yeah, probably dorms. Uh, I never went to college, so I wouldn't know. (laughs) Maybe dons are a thing. Uh, Second year meant no more cafeteria food, dorms, or public bathrooms. Only six friends living together. Still a lot of friends living together. We quickly made the house our home, decorating the walls and hosting a few too many housewarming parties. We felt safe, happy, and comfortable in our new place. Shortly after setting in, my housemates and I heard inexplicable sounds throughout the house. We'd hear the shower sliding door move on its own, footsteps, uh, sounding from the top of the stairs and the front door open and close Uh, we were suspicious of the sounds but quick to brush them off and continue with our lives that was until the evening of october 25th while the six of us were sitting around the dinner table a pan on the stove began to rock back and forth on its own we tried to play it off as normal but nothing could explain the shaking we decided we decided we had enough we had to get to the bottom of these strange occurrences Ten minutes later, we lit candles and set up a homemade Ouija board in the middle of our floor. That just sounds like a seance at that point. Like, okay. I mean, I guess that's essentially what a Ouija board session is. Sorry. To use a Ouija board, each player lightly places one of their fingers on the planchette, a wooden triangle used for these ceremonies, and questions the room's spirits. If one is contacted successfully, the planchette moves itself around the board and spells out words or numbers to answer the questions. Is there anyone here? We ask the board. No response. We asked again and again, but still, no response. After a couple more tries, the planchette dragged itself to the word yes, written on the piece of paper. Once we were sure that someone was there, we continued to ask questions to find out who exactly we were talking to. What's your name? We asked. Slowly but surely, the planchette moved to the letters A, D, and Y, until it's spelled out Adisot? A-D-Y-S-O-T. Yeah, I guess. Adisot. Never heard of the name. I'm like trying to read it backwards, but (laughs) it doesn't spell anything either. Um, Because, I mean, Addison, but... That's what I thought too. But T isn't anywhere near the end, so it can't yeah. be. I don't think they meant like you know. My housemates and I continued to communicate with him for a few minutes until we felt that we were no longer speaking to Addis something. Uh, we asked if there was another presence with us, and it turns out there was. This time, the spirit's name was Pam, a three-year-old good spirit, according to her. 
Realizing there was more than one spirit with us, we asked the board how many there were in our presence. The planchette slid to the number eight. With the news with news of our eight additional roommates in mind, we decided that enough that that was enough for one night and stopped the game. But did you close it? Did you say goodbye? After looking up the standard conditions of using Ouija boards, my housemates and I discovered we'd broken some rules with our first try. That's very fucked up. Ouija boards are supposed to open the connection to the spirit world, attracting and invited spirit, inviting spirits from all over. They shouldn't be played at home. If you play where you live and connect with a malevolent spirit, it can stay in your house. Spirits can't be trusted. A spirit can take possession of players and gain access to their mind. I've never heard of that. But uh, the ne- uh, the next night, we decided to break out the Ouija board <laughs> and play again. This time, we asked how many spirits were with us, and the answer was 27. After asking who was with us a few times, we compiled a list of names. Nudu, N-U-D-U, Verd, V-I-R-D, Lukuv, L-U-C-U-V, Matt, <laughs> and Tori. <laughs> oh, fuck you. I love how they're like all these weird ass names and then Matt. Matt, Matt spelled with one T, Corey spelled with a K. Corey Matthews? Right? <laughs> um, when asking whether or not they had good intentions, Nudu, Nudu was one of the few that replied no. I suggested asking Nudu if he had taken possession of any of us, and he answered no until it got to my housemate, Emily. And the planchette quickly swiveled over to yes. We, hold on, let me just make sure that I'm kind of, okay, I'm almost, or kind of almost done. Uh, we put Nudu's answer to the test by asking personal questions about Emily, only she'd known. How many concussions had Emily had? I asked. The planchette made its way over to the number four. We looked over at Emily, who had a look of horror on her face. Nudu was right. While Nudu answered the rest of the questions correctly, we couldn't rule out the fact that Emily's hand was on the planchette. So maybe she was purposely or subconsciously guiding it in a certain direction. And there is that theory, too, that not that it's like a power of suggestion, but like your minds all connect and it's like a psychological thing of like where you move it. So could you like, yes, Uh I think I think I've heard that. But I was going to say, well, then could you blindfold everybody and just have one person who's not touching that planchette ask the questions? It's like a Ouija board Estes method. Estes method, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Or do they? Ha- does everybody have to be looking at the planchette? Because I think, I feel like that makes it more like, it's it hard to, yeah. Oh. No, it's, it's hard to tell. If everybody's looking at it, it's like, well, like you said, anybody could just move it. Yeah. You yeah. know, or like they said, subconsciously be kind of pulling it that way so we told emily to take her hand off the board but stay where she was then we asked what is emily's brother's girlfriend's last name none of us knew the answer the board replied we looked over at emily and she confirmed that it was the right name we were all in disbelief a few of my housemates decided they were done playing and lifted their fingers off the board without even asking a question the planchette moved to the corner of the board now you fucked up with only three remaining fingers on the that edges. That means he's in your house now. No, shut up. Ugh, I feel like you were telling me that and now I'm no, not no, alone. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I meant them. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, with the only, board now. 
Yes. <laughs> With only three remaining fingers on the edges of the shot glass planchette, uh, we never could have made up. We never could have made that happen on our own. Although that was the last time we ever played Ouija. The, uh, the story doesn't end there. Oh, shit. I said I was almost done, and I promise I am. <laughs> the following the following weeks were bad. My housemates and I were constantly uneasy in our home and got especially nervous at night. We all felt as though we were being watched. We saw dark shadows in the corners of our rooms and suffered horrible nightmares. Emily would often wake up in the middle of the night screaming for help, convinced that she had saw a figure in front of her. One night, while I was lying in bed, I heard a noise coming from the window, like someone was running nails up and down my wooden blinds. I hate that. I know. I hate that so much. Um, after too many sleepless nights, we decided to hire a medium. We showed, we showed the medium around our home and told her what happened. Although we didn't tell her where we felt the dark spirit, she was able to identify the exact spots we felt the presence the most. When the medium described the characteristics of the spirit she sensed, it was exactly the type of presence I'd felt. We all agreed the spirit was an adult male in his late 20s or early 30s. He was a bit of a loner, and he was... Was this Adisot? Again, that name. Uh, she helped us remove the presence by lighting Sage and incurring him encouraging him to go towards the light. We truly felt better afterwards. I no longer saw dark shadows in the corners of my room and stopped feeling like I was being watched at night. We thought the spirit listened to us, compelled at the medium's instructions, and left. About a week later, when dropping off the payment for the sessions, the medium told us something that stays with me today. The spirit she'd helped us get rid of was not now following her. She's not a very good medium if she let that spirit follow her. Just just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, although this happened almost a year ago, there is still rarely a day that goes by where I don't think about these events in one way or another. Um, yeah, sorry. I know that was long, but I just thought, I mean, we always have that conversation or debate about Ouija boards. And I was like, all right, I'll give, I'll throw Eric a bone and give him a scary story that proves he is correct. <laughs> with not wanting to play. So wait, are you telling me that this medium was just taking their money? It really didn't do much. I mean, just it just clung to her instead. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like that that'll scam, you know, annoying people. It's hard to find a good medium these days. So this next story is from Hello Sandman. And the title of it is Something in My House is Mimicking Voices and Whistles. Mm. This is a really short one. For some context, I live in a two-story house by myself with my cat, Noodle. Mm -hmm. When I first moved in about two months ago, the place didn't seem creepy or haunted in the slightest, which is surprising because I'm usually very scared of sleeping in a house alone. Starting about three weeks ago, there have been a couple of instances of hearing my voice mimicked back to me from another room or downstairs. Most of, most of which I brushed off as my imagination because they were so quiet. I always say, Hey buddy to my cat in the morning. So when I heard a very clear, Hey buddy from behind the club, the behind the closed door of another room, which was empty, it took it. I took it more seriously. That has happened a couple times now. And from different areas of the house, 
the person who is staying at my house to take care of my cat while I'm away this week just told me today that he's heard his own voice, his own whistle mimicked back to him from downstairs in the morning. He, d- he does a very specific whistle to call the cat. He grabbed his keys and left immediately. I've had plenty of paranormal experiences throughout my life, but I've never had, I never had to handle it alone. This is making me scared to go back home and be alone at night. Does anyone have any advice or similar experiences? Update. Apparently, my kitchen cabinet opened on its own. Hopefully, he can film it if it happens again. Another person was over with him to feed the cat this evening, and they felt uncomfortable near the doorway to my my room. So this is all just great for my stress levels. And then somebody said, when I'm reading this at 2 a.m., I have learned not to read this at night, especially when I'm in bed at 2 a.m. It is 6 p.m. where I am now, and I think I had to think of whether it was a good idea to read a few hours before bedtime. (laughs) I wouldn't even, oh, that's a tough one. Because I feel like if I, well, no, I guess I do that with my phone. Like there's times where I'm like afraid of the lights being completely out. And you know how if you're staring at your phone screen, everything else like blacks out Mm -hmm. around you. And then it's like scary to actually turn off your phone because then it like flips and now you can see everything. And like, what if there's someone just like standing in your face? Like right by, yeah, exactly. I actually chose this one because um, I had seen like, I think it was on, I don't know if it was on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, one of those places that has these short form, you know, videos and stuff now where it was like a little kid. He was like standing in the room and the mom, I think, was in in the living room with him. The mom was on the sofa and I don't know if it was her voice or something, but it came or a voice called the kid from the room that was like in front of him. Oh, oh, wait. Did you send this to me? Did I? I might have. I think so. Where like, cause she's recording the kid and the kid starts running. She's like, well, where are you yeah, going? Yeah. And yeah. like, I mean, yeah, it's like clear. Like you can hear it come from the other room. Yeah. 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 That was and the kid guy. like he must ran have sent towards it. To it. I think, yeah. so. I think I might've. Yeah. That, he that runs was... like right to that room. And then like the mom's like, and then he kind of just stops and stares. And then I, I, yeah. Like realizing like, wait, mom's here. Then who called me kind of mm-hmm. from over there? Yeah. Like confused. Yeah. That like I I need that one to be fake. <laughs> for my like for my own sanity, I need that one to yeah. be fake. Um yeah, I'm pretty sure you had you had to have been the one to send it to me. You're the only one that sends me spooky videos, so send You're us welcome. more spooky videos. Um so this one is called or is by Dude Crolin and the title is This Experience is Why I Believe in Ghosts. And again, it's on the longer side. Hey guys, I'm a first-time poster. Everyone I tell this story to says it's the creepiest thing they've heard, so I thought I would share. I was the biggest non-believer in ghosts. Now I believe. Do you believe? We believe. (laughs) Enjoy. When I was 14, me and my friend, let's call him Tim, Tom, sorry, let's call him Tom, stayed round our other friends, let's call him Josh, house. Josh had recently moved into the house and there are there's already a few creepy notes around this house and says the context number one in the middle of nowhere there are three houses close to each other then nothing but fields forests and farms for miles the three houses are josh are josh's a house that belongs to two white witches and a bedsit where a man used to live 
However, three years ago, he hung himself in the bedsit, and police only found him when Josh's dad, when Josh's dog kept barking outside the bedsit, and there was a weird smell coming from it. You. So, for those of you who don't know what a bedsit is, it's a one-room apartment, typically consisting of a combined bedroom and sitting room with cooking facilities. So, like an apartment in New York. Yeah, studio apartment. Okay, thank you for looking that up because I was w- wondering. Does it say like where that's like? Is it from the UK or? Mm, I think it's a yeah, it's a British thing. Okay. In the United Kingdom, uh, a studio flat is usually a single room with cooking facilities, which has its own bathroom attached. Traditionally, if a dwelling has a shared bathroom, it is known as a bedsit. Mm. Okay. Yeah, well, I think know. it's a UK thing. Two, every single person who lives in the house have had a paranormal ex- paranormal experience of some kind. The brother claims one night a week, roughly, his shower shower will turn on and he'll hear someone whistling a tune, the same tune every time. Then the shower, shower will turn off. The whistling continues for about a minute and then nothing. The mom, and this one is, this is the one that creeped me out says she saw a woman in the corner of her room some nights. She has she has to turn on the light and the stepdad will sit with her until the woman is gone. She just like fucking hangs out there. Like it's not even she's just like a I was hoping she disappeared like once you turn on the light, but no, she just sits there for a half hour. Um then Nan, when staying in the spare bedroom, says she always sees the same shadow woman by the window in that room. So it's not uncommon to hear a scary story at this house. As an unbeliever, I found excuses for each one, such as old pipes or just making shadows. The mom's one did scare me a bit, though, as I had no explanation. Maybe dreaming? Josh's room is said to be the quote-unquote safe zone. Uh, No one's had an experience in that room and nothing weird ever happens there. So I never used to mind staying in the house if I stayed in his room. I may have been a non-believer, but I sure wasn't willing to take my chances. This house, or number three, this house had an old cellar which had four tunnels stretching off either side and they can't find the plants to where the tunnels go. The cellar is always freezing cold and to the point where you can see your breath. And whenever it gets open, the dogs go crazy barking. The story. There's one other part of the story. Sorry, like I said, a little long. Me and Tom stayed over for the night and both chose to stay in Josh's room as there was plenty of space. Everything was a normal night, bit of gaming, late late night chat about girls, nothing out of the ordinary. We fell asleep early with Josh and Tom in the bunk bed, Tom on the top bunk and me on the floor. At around 3 a.m. I woke up to the sound of footsteps climbing the stairs. It unnerved me instantly because of the nature of the footsteps. They were very sharp and loud and when the steps would be climbed all the way to the top, and then it would start from the bottom again. Oh. So not even like, oh, it goes up and down and up and down. It's just like it goes up, and then it just immediately goes back down from the... Ugh, I don't know. I don't starts know why, again from the bottom. Why is that so unsettling? Because your brain could probably process better the fact that something's going up and down rather than just going from the bottom to the top and then starting at the bottom to the top again. Like, cause I guess, right. 
that's more weird to you, I would assume. Yeah. Or like you could even say like, hopefully there's actually a axe murderer outside my door going up and down my stairs or something. <laughs> okay. Um, at around 3 a.m., I woke up to the sound of footsteps climbing the stairs. At an, oh, wait, sorry. Um, in my head, I had visions of the... In my head, I had visions of their cat climbing up the stairs and then sliding down to the banister to the bottom to start again. Yeah, that's that's good. You can think of that. I guess that's better than uh, an axe murderer. Their cat had a bed at the top of the stairs and it always, without fail, slept in that bed. The family tried to make the cat stay with them, but he would always ask to leave and go to his bed. Sounds familiar. <laughs> It also could not be the dogs as they were not allowed upstairs and were normally on the opposite side of the house. So the cat was the only plausible answer for me. However, it was so loud that I did doubt myself a lot and was nervous. Could a cat really make that much noise? He's never met Eric's cats. <laughs> the After, answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, after about 10 minutes of the footsteps, I remember calling out quietly to Tom and Josh to see if I could go check on the cat, but neither replied to me. Like, knocked out. You don't wake him up. So I decided, fuck it, let's check. Ballsy. Uh, I got up from the bed and walked to the bedroom door, and just before I put my hand on the doorknob, the room went ice cold. I had something... I don't know what it is, but something stopped me from opening the door. Maybe a gut instinct, maybe someone telling me that it was a bad idea. All I know is I felt something I had never felt in my life before, something horrible. And when I realized something, and with that, I realized something, the footsteps had stopped. I could visibly see my breath in front of me, oh my gosh, and was frozen in the spot. I felt like something was behind the door and I didn't know what. I couldn't turn on the light as it was by Tom on the other side of the room and I was frozen so couldn't get there. Uh, I just waited. I will remember the feeling until the day I die, a feeling of dread. I slowly retreated back to my bed once I found my feet. I hid myself in the sleeping bag. Yeah, let's say just cover your eyes and then go away. Uh, keeping my eyes firmly on the floor. The temperature of the room returned to normal and I was warm again. And most importantly, the footsteps continued again. I stared at the door all night and eventually I passed out. I woke up in the morning and the door was open. Ugh. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I could smell bacon being cooked downstairs and everything seemed normal. I eyed up the landing but realized there was no dread in me. Nothing. Everything was back to normal. I went downstairs and saw Tom sitting at the table and Josh making breakfast. Um, how'd you sleep? Josh asked. I decided to be brutally honest, just in case something, just in case it's happened before to Josh. I said, I heard footsteps all, all night, loud. Did anyone else hear them? Josh looked shocked slightly and gestured over to Tom while mentioning that Tom had brought it up earlier this morning. I remember looking properly at Tom, who looked scared. He didn't answer, so I explained more. I did call out to you guys to ask, but no one answered, so I assumed only I heard it. I remember clear as anything, Tom, eyes fixed on the table, interrupting with, and you just got up to check it? Yeah, I know. I explained I was going to, but, but everything felt horrible, didn't it? Cold, like someone had thrown ice water all over us? 
I thought we were going, I thought you were going to open the door, but something inside me felt like if you did, something terrible was going to happen. I was shocked. He felt it too. It wasn't me being crazy. I asked him, why didn't he say anything? And he said he was frozen to the core. What he said next scared me the most. What would we have seen if you had opened that door? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes your imagination can get the better of you. Who knows what I would have saw. Hi, boys. Josh's mom had just come in. Josh, you'll never believe what happened last night. We actually had Harry, the cat, come sleep with us. Oh, my God. It was, like, too perfectly written. Because remember, the cat never liked to go sleep with them. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. But all of a sudden, last night, when they're hearing footsteps. Okay. Uh, I felt sick. The cat wasn't in bed for the first time since they lived there. So, it wasn't the cat. It was definitely something else. What was climbing the stairs? Whoever it was, they heard me coming. And if I had opened the door, what would they have done to me? Who protected me? I will never know. This is follow on notes. Tom never stayed there again. It took me six years, but I stayed there when I was 20 for his 21st birthday party. Nothing unusual happened. The end. <laughs> yeah. So again, like I said, it was long, but. Um, TLDR. That, yeah, there is a TLDR. It's. 14-year-old me hears ghost climbing stairs, gets feeling of dread when going to check on it, and stops. So I could have said all that in 20 words. So I'm, I might, uh, maybe I'm just dumb, but he went, the room that he was going to open the door to was his friend's room? They were in the friend's room. They're, I guess, oh. open it up out into the hallway or like wherever oh, the stairs were. he stopped before he opened the door to the yeah. room. And yeah. his friend was watching him do that. Yeah. Oh. But when he was like, hey, like, did anyone else? Or like when he originally called out, nobody responded. But yeah, he was also experiencing it or hearing it mm-hmm. or whatever. It's creepy. Spooky. Yeah, so. I've never been a fan of like staying at people's houses. Yeah, it's not a. Definitely hard for me to sleep. And then even just like, well, hotels, like over the weekend, I was in Houston. Just knowing that other people's like bodies and energies have like been on there and it's just not your comfortable bed that's just you and your partner or whatever you know Mm -hmm. all right so this last story i got because i was like "Ooh, nurse in a Mm -hmm. nursing home kind of those are always good ones yeah the user is nurse bit and then the the title of the story is, please tell me there is a log- logical explanation for this because I'm now scared to go to work. She puts her age and stuff, so but I'm not going to. I live in the UK and have been a qualified nurse since 20, uh, 2018. I specialize in stroke and stroke rehabilitation, but also work in a private nursing home from time to time to earn some extra money. About six months ago, a new resident moved into the home and we can call her Jenny for palliative care for her terminal bowel cancer. Speaking of bowels. Well, <laughs> now I want to leave all that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, we'll, we'll just let people guess. I will I'll cut the actual inside joke and leave that. And everyone's going to be very confused. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about shit guys. <laughs> Whilst with us, Jenny found out that not only had her bowel cancer spread to her liver and lungs, but sorry, we don't mean to be laughing at this. It's just, you know, 
Cancer spread to her liver and lungs, but she also had brain metastasis and only had a few months left to live. After about two months with us, she started really freaking out when we would help her back to her room in the evening and get her comfortable for the night. She used to shout at us to be careful of the children or don't fall in the river. When asked what she was talking about, she explained to us she could see a river flowing through her room and lots of children playing in it. She wasn't necessarily scared of the children. She just didn't want us to stand on them and hurt them. What? Yeah. The doctors and nurses all believed that she was hallucinating due to the brain metastasis and the amount of opioid medication she was on. And we all made sure we didn't stand where she was pointing so we didn't stand on the children she could see. A couple of months ago, Jenny passed away peacefully and hadn't thought about the children. And I hadn't thought about the children or the river since. I was like, well, yeah, she passed away. She's not going to think about them. (laughs) Two weeks ago, a new resident moved into Jenny's old room. We will call her Sarah. I would like to point out that Sarah didn't live here when Jenny was here. They have never met and nobody would ever would have ever mentioned Jenny to Sarah. Mm. Sarah's first week was <clears throat> with us past and she was settling in well until the other night when we tried to take her back to her room for the night and she refused. She said she was not even she was not ever going back into that room because she couldn't sleep due to all the noise and she didn't like how close they all got. Oh dude just We asked her what she meant and as the home was very quiet and she said Jenny No I froze No thank you I again asked her what she meant and she said Jenny and the children make so much noise when they're playing and it keeps me up all night. I was in absolute shock and have had trouble going into that room since. I've always been a skeptic, but I can't see any other logical explanation for this. I have asked other staff and nobody has mentioned Jenny or the children in the river to Sarah. Somebody please tell me there's another explanation for this. Somebody said something, one of the comments is, something I've heard from both morticians and ghost hunters alike is that we have far, far more to... uh, to fear from the living than the dead. It's spooky and weird, but harmless. I'd be curious if it happened a third time. I don't have a good explanation, but sometimes just saying to the empty room, Jenny, you're scaring the patients. You are dead and it's time to move on now is enough to help whatever is there move on. Uh, she updates or not updates, but she puts in the, she put in the comment section. Thank you. Thank you everybody for your comments. I've really enjoyed reading all your theories and learning about all your experiences, especially those who have worked in healthcare like me and had paranormal experiences. In answer to some of your frequent questions, I've had one, as far as I know, nobody has ever mentioned Jenny to Sarah or anything about the children in the river, etc. Because obviously I am not there every day, so I cannot guarantee hundred percent that this hasn't happened. But as far as I'm aware, this is a completely random comment that she has came out with by herself. Two, I have researched the area and the building and cannot find anything about it ever being a children's home, nursery, school, hospital, etc. There was also another, there's also never a river, stream, or any body of water there. As far as I can see, it was a big house back in the early 20th century and was then brought by the company and turned into a nursing home. Three, I've had a lot of people getting quite annoyed that I said I was scared. Maybe scared isn't the right word to use. More that I was just shell-shocked. Dude, but even if she was scared, that's her feelings. Like, Like, yeah. 
you're not supposed to be scared after experiencing something yeah. like yeah you can't like, explain like that's stupid like yeah. to tell someone that they shouldn't be afraid like i don't know it's dumb whoever got mad at her for being afraid is dumb personally <laughs> i've never had any paranormal experiences before so to hear them hear them words from sarah my whole body went cold also i think people are allowed to exactly also i think people are allowed to be scared harmless or not people are allowed to be uh scared of the unknown and this is still a topic i'm trying to actively learn about i'm pretty sure that they are harmless especially if it is our jenny that we cared for as she was a truly beautiful woman and would never cause any harm but you can't imagine it is unsettling for our new resident when they are in the room but dude like again even if you see like even if the person was a wonderful person and stuff like that, they're gone and then you see them. Like that's fucking yeah. scary. That can yeah. be scary, you know, especially if you don't deal with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just stupid. Because it's not supposed to be there. Like at the, yeah. at the at the end of it, doesn't matter who it is, even if it is someone you love, like it's they're not supposed to be there. So that in in it of itself is you know, can be terrifying. Weird and scary. Yeah. Four. I've also had a few people commenting about how I'll experience more of this of this when I have more experiences in healthcare and with dying patients. I've worked in healthcare for over 10 years, and I'm not denying that nothing spooky has ever happened. I always open windows when people when someone has passed to let their soul and always pass to let their soul, I guess, out. And mm-hmm. always speak to their body as if they are still listening. I work in one of the oldest hospital buildings in the UK and creepy stuff happens all the time, but nothing is ever clear cut as this. When I was asking for a logical explanation, it was more for people to confirm that I wasn't going mad and that this could actually be paranormal. Five, to the few people that have been messaging me asking me why I'm making up a story or asking oh what God. grade I got for this creative writing, this is 100% a true experience. Whether there's another explanation for this or not, I suppose I will not. I will never know 100%, but I posted on here to get insight from others who are more well-versed in the paranormal world and was shocked to find that people actually think I've made this up. That's a thank you all. Yeah, thank you all again for your insight. I feel like I've really learned a lot about other possible dimensions next time i am working there i am going to talk to jenny not when sarah is in the room as i don't want to unsettle her but i will politely ask jenny just to keep the noise down at night and also tell her i am so glad that she seems at peace and is playing with the children that was that was desperately trying to that were desperately trying to communicate with her and then somebody said souls don't move on directly for most people. And it seems that she is very attracted to the nature of these kids. The river thing is odd because the river tends to be bigger than the room you're in. When you, can you please explain the physical sense of the river? I initially thought it would be more angelic being more, be some angelic being that, but then you stated a few months had passed. The soul tends to linger around before it moves on, but doesn't really take around two months if they're set to move on. It could be that this area had a different geographic feature before and the kids drowned or something. To make to make spirits move on, you have to pray to them from your heart to God. No, you don't. It needs to be a sincere one and purely from the heart. That was a stories of high strangeness for you guys. Hope you enjoyed the the stories. I, I thought they were they were fun and creepy. Yeah, sorry mine were so long, but hey, I only did two. Um to try and keep it nice and short but hopefully it was worth the length and you guys weren't just happier with the tdl t tldr tldr 
Well, if you guys didn't like the stories, you should contact us and check out our website at webelievedyou.com. On the website, there's a tab where you can find all our social media, so make sure you go like, follow, and share on Facebook or Instagram. There's also a listen tab, uh, Reddit coming soon, guys. There's also a listen tab if it hasn't come out already. There's also a listen tab where you can listen to the show directly on our website or click the link to your favorite podcast listening sites, such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a five-star rating on Apple, which helps us move up the ranks so more people can find us. And if you leave a review, we'll, we will read that here on the show. If you want any of our merch, feel free to check out our merch tab where you can find a variety of designs on t-shirts, caps, and hoodies designed by Michelle herself. There's also a donate button if you really want to help us out. And finally, if you all want to reach us besides DMing us on social media, you can click on the contact us tab where you can write in telling us that you want to be interviewed. We can keep you anonymous and only share the information that you want. You can also send in your stories for our stories of high strangeness, especially if you don't like the stories you heard. And if you send them in Spanish, we can translate those for you as well. So don't be shy, guys. Share your stories with us because we believe. See you. See you.